Hi, everybody. Welcome back uh, to the Talking About the Big Stuff podcast with Michael Cole. I am obviously Michael Cole, and I've got here with me today uh, my friend Brian Presley. Hello. And uh, so Brian uh, and I will be talking tonight about um, intellectual curiosity. And so to, to give you, Brian, to explain to you why this this kind of clicked for me this week um because we had talked about a different topic originally um sarah and i were talking about something um and and something i forget what we were what the original conversation was even um but then i i mentioned something that kind of made i said oh this has to be the subject for this week um and basically it was so her mom um used to when when my nephew was like two or one or two years old he thought fart jokes were hysterical <laughs> and and her mom used to say oh, oh he, he's so smart because he, he thinks fart jokes are hysterical and i said well fart jokes are like the you know the the least common denominator or or what the you know the most distilled dumbed down humor yeah and she would say oh no no it's it's a smart smart humor because i don't get it and it's huh. it's stuck with me because it's been years and it's stuck with me because i not that i agree with the sentiment or with the with the statement that she made but the sentiment i think is perfect because we as a society largely and i know i'm hugely guilty of this but i see it all the time it, um we tend to, if I don't get it, it must be dumb. And she had the opposite. She had the, if I don't get it, it's because I'm dumb. And she wasn't dumb, obviously. But the idea that she didn't put the blame on the thing she didn't get has stuck with me. And I, you know, my instinct a lot of times still is like, Ugh, I don't like, you know, I don't like that thing. But I have to fight that. But so it, it just got me thinking about curiosity and and this idea of of kind of being open to new stuff and trying to you know like intellectually like in thinking about things right. outside of what we would outside of our not I don't want to say comfort zone but um uh outside of our baseline essentially right yeah like when i whenever i think about intellectual curiosity i think about the people who um they see the world as they were taught to see it like mm -hmm. for example um a lot of the people um like they think that you know the country is great but they don't they've never been outside of their own town right. so they think everything in their in their town is the country and they're not curious to learn more about what else you know the country has to offer so it's it's very interesting to me how people just kind of stick with what they know and don't really want to um explore beyond that and like yeah. i like me personally i always like to think that i like to learn new things um i'd like to i don't want to i don't want to just exist in this world i want to you know, thrive, and I want to, um, you know, like, learn more about it. Maybe not too much, like, there's, like, however many, there's, like, 99% of the species that exist in this world we still haven't discovered yet or something like that. <laughs> right. Yeah, like, maybe not that far, but, you know, like, if I learn about, you know, axolotls or something, I'm like, okay, cool. You know, like, wh what about them? I'm like, oh, they're adorable. Okay, but what else about them? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, no, I... I completely agree i think like you know i i obviously i took a really long time with college and stuff but after college like when i when i graduated you know i was bored and sarah was like find something to do you're driving <laughs> you're driving me crazy and that ended up being just more classes and then when i was done you know you know classes turned into a master's degree even though it just kind of started as a way to kill boredom and then you read a book about and i'm you know there's a lot of learning that is essential and i don't really consider that the same thing as mm -hmm. you know you know obviously like learning how to change the learning how to 
fix the toilet plunger or you know the the you know the the flusher or whatever that's it's a skill or like a it's a information you need to to know kind of thing whereas like you said with axolotls there is almost no no way in your life that a- knowing about axolotls is going to be critical <laughs> information um and i think that that's that's kind of where a lot of us draw the line you know cuz cuz i think that that same level of that that idea of like if i don't know it it's dumb only yeah. seems to apply to those things that don't really matter so like you know nobody thinks oh i don't understand um uh algebra or i don't know calculus so it must be dumb you know like so i think anything that's got a a very clear reason people kind of are actually able to to wrap their head around but when it is axolotls or you know a lot of times i think it's more more taste than it is necessarily learning about something but like you know we we you know you t- you hear old people talking about like ah oh, the i i don't like rap music or i don't like uh facebook or you know like whatever yeah. whatever like old man shakes hand at at <laughs> cloud kind of thing tends to be that same level of like instead of being either intellectually curious or or just indifferent there is this right. like resistance and that resistance, even though like sometimes indifference would be fine. Uh, that resistance kind of like stops a lot of people from in investigating and learning about it, even though, I mean, how many people's lives have been like act actively positively influenced by Facebook, for example. Oh um, God, no, <laughs> but you know, and Facebook's a terrible example because I think that we've kind of, you know, if there was a bell curve to its benefit, I think we've we've over we've overshot that by now. Like, oh yeah, definitely. But um, you you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah, rap music is a great example because I've heard a million old people say like, I don't like rap music. It's crap music. Well, yeah, because like they, it's not what they're used to. Like they grew up, you know, like. Motown or um, jazz or, uh, you know, like whatever the hell disco was. But, um, you know, like they hear this music today. And you know what? It's funny. I am the same way. Like I just turned 40 and um, I listen to the music that my daughter listens to. And I'm just like, this is terrible. I hate it. (laughs) You know, it's like, oh, yeah, I, I, I think it's like a generational thing. But like, it doesn't mean that I'm not curious about it. It just means that it's not my style. Yeah, but there are a lot of people that, um, you know, like they hate it because it's different from, you know, like it's different from what they're. As you as you were talking, one thing that popped into my head was um, there's a level of fear that goes along with knowledge too, because like as long as you don't know what's happening, everything's yeah. fine. Like it, the, the whole ignorance is bliss thing, you know, yeah. like. Um, if you don't know there's a spider in the room, then you're fine. But as soon as you see it, <laughs> like you're, you're, uh, you're pretty much done. Yeah. And you know, like having that knowledge, I mean, I guess, I guess what we're talking about here is, um, basically like looking for the spider, you know, right. like, is there a spider in here? I'm curious. Is there a spider in here? And, uh, if so, where is it? And if there's not a spider in here, then okay, we're good. But if there is, then I need to know where it is. Yeah. I mean, that's how I feel about like sausages. Like I like sausages <laughs> and I never want to talk about it more than that. Like, <laughs> and I don't want to know anything more. And I think there's places in life where intellectual curiosity, uh, is, is a bad thing. Like, I don't want to know what's in that. Um, yeah. it, it will kill that enjoyment for me, but yeah, but, never think about, um, chicken McNuggets either. Don't, don't just don't. I I I heard I've heard the thing about McNuggets and the pink. What do they call it? Pink, pink slime. Pink slime. Yeah. But to be fair, if you just put raw chicken in a blender, it would be pink slime. Yeah, true. Because because they're just gross. Like like raw chicken is just gross pinkness anyway. So I don't know that but, I. But now we're talking about putting it in a blender, and it's it's giving me like these images of. Never mind. What were we discussing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess 
I guess uh, well, we that's a little bit of uh, willful ignorance is is the the other side <laughs> of the coin, but yeah, yeah, I don't mind willful ignorance when it's allowing you to enjoy something, but when sure. intellectual, you know, when you're when when the idea of just being open to something is 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 stopping you from being like you know I don't want to I don't want to try this new thing that and, and that you know is is oh like I'm not enjoying something because of that like ultimately I side on whichever gives you the richest uh life experience so like yeah. and that is a you know take it as it comes kind of situation but yeah in a yeah, lot like... of ways I think there is a there's a just a dynamic of like uh i don't i don't want to know i don't think that there's any benefit to this so i don't want to know about anything of it yeah that's true i mean i'm like not even not even stopping at mcdonald's but just meat in general like i love meat i love burgers i love steaks i love um bacon uh chicken fish like all that stuff i remember seeing when I was younger a video of how ham is harvested, I guess for for lack of a better word. And I don't um, like that I don't like that terminal. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I couldn't think of anything else. Like how ham I mean it's not made. It's uh No, I understand what you're saying. It's just it's not a great how about, mental how, idea. how about extracted? How about extracted? Is that a good is that a better word? I think that might have made it worse. anyways um so i watched a video on you know like how ham is packaged let's call it packaged and um and i kind of repressed that memory because i'm like nope i didn't know because i need to enjoy ham ham is like yeah like i was saying um ham is one of my favorite meats so um you know like i have it for christmas i have it for thanksgiving and um not knowing how it got from where it was to my refrigerator that that helps you know like it helps with the whole you know like enjoyment of the ham so yeah like that particular memory i repress because i don't uh i don't want to think about how that happens (laughs) i just want to go to the store grab my my uh my honey baked and you know throw it in the oven yeah, the the ham thing. I, I the meat thing is like meat is kind of a deep dive for me where I think <laughs> if I think about like the more I prep meat myself, the more I don't want that meat anymore like <laughs> like anytime I make a recipe and it's like now pull all the, you know, the tendons out of the chicken, I'm like, "All right, I think I'm no longer eating chicken anymore." Uh, <laughs> Um, and then like you make it and it's the best, like the more, the more disgusting your job has to be to prep it, the better the food is, mm-hmm. um, just because like you did a better job prepping it. But at the same time, it's like, I, you know, I don't want to do that. It's gross. Yeah. It takes, it takes your appetite away from it. Yeah. Um, one thing I kind of, and, and, and I, I typically don't get political on this podcast, but, um, so we can talk about politics in the abstract and not any specific issues, but it does, I think really apply to this idea of willful ignorance or, or, and curiosity, um, is, and, and I'm curious to your, to your idea, your thoughts on this, but something that we have a a hard time, I think as a, as a society and this is probably the U S but it could be Western culture in general is, the idea of if I don't know what it does, it doesn't do anything important. Um, <laughs> and we hear that from politicians. I mean, we hear that from dumb politicians a lot, but we also hear that when they're trying to get us to vote for them or vote against the other person or, you know, whatever their thing is, is, you know, they, they throw at us this information. Um, you know, like, I, I, like I said, I don't want to get too specifically uh, political, but you think about, uh, the Texas, the old Texas governor that wanted to gut the, the, um, department of energy and then couldn't think of the name of the department of energy 
And right. when it came, you know, when he became the head of it, he very clearly didn't know what it did. And it's like, yeah, well, it is hard to justify something that you don't understand, but there's a lot of things that I don't understand that other people could justify, and I'll just leave that to them. And, you know, we it's impossible in our lives for us to know everything we need to know to be informed, uh, whether it's politically or ethically or any other way. But to some extent, we just have to trust that just because I don't understand it doesn't mean it's not valid. Right. Yeah. I was, as you were saying that, I was thinking about um, an interview I heard earlier where this person didn't know how an electric car works. Yeah. And he said, uh, what did he say? Uh, he said he said like like what is electric car like with a solar panel on top and i'm like what (laughs) like like how how do you you not know what an electric car is even worse Uh, than that there was a thing in the news in the last week uh about uh air canada or canada air or whatever it's called um is going to be implementing um electric planes in the next few years and i don't know what (laughs) you know and a politician, um, I, to, to, I can't stay apolitical on this topic because you'll know, everyone with a half a brain will know that it's a, it's a right winger that said this. Mm-hmm. The person said, how's that going to work? Is it going to be like in the days of Egyptian slavery where they had the, the people rowing the oars? Like, how are they? And it was, and it, it wasn't. I, I mean, I think that it was a little bit facetious, but I don't think it was com- like, I think they genuinely didn't understand the idea of a battery. <laughs> like, and so it was, you know, like ultimately it's at that point, you got to be like, okay, I, I mean, I'll be honest. I do not understand the, all of the, the inner workings of, of, I don't understand almost any electronic devices, how they really oh, yeah. work. But at, but at the same time, I understand that they work, <laughs> and exactly. sometimes that's got to be enough. Like, you know, like I I've I've heard the you know the stories about people trying to make a toaster from you know rocks and stuff, and trying to like mm-hmm. get to that point. And it's we we have to be able to live to some extent built on the knowledge and discoveries of the past without having to learn all of them, and we have to just kind of understand that it works. And not why it works on a lot of the stuff. Yeah, really. Like, I like as you were describing that, I was thinking like, yeah, when I was younger, I would, um, <clears throat> I would take stuff apart. Like, I took apart remote controls. I took apart um, radios. Anything that I could get my hands on. If it had screws, I would unscrew it and see what's inside. Wouldn't understand any of it. Like, it would be this uh, green board of silicon and a bunch of like little diodes and other little protrusions coming off of it. And I had no idea what any of it did. However, I knew that all of them working together, you know, created, you know, the video game picture on my screen or all of them working together would, you know, like create the infrared signal that allowed me to change the channel. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's all I needed to know, but I wanted to know more, but it was like, okay, well I, I, I've reached the extent of what I can handle intellectually but yeah yeah like the the people today they're um like they see wind turbines and they ask what happens when the wind stops blowing and it's like like we we store the power (laughs) like why why haven't you figured that out yeah like there's something even if you don't know how it works knowing what the benefit of the thing is is probably still a good thing like solar panels um people are asking like what happens when the sun goes down like well we store the power you know like it's or it's supplemented by the power that we already have until you know we can figure out a way to just wean ourselves off of it because like we need we need ways to um if if we want to maintain the lifestyle that we have we need to figure out ways to keep the energy coming eventually we're going to run out of fossil fuels um but you know like we're you know, the um, the solar panel thing, like, we're going to be able to keep the sun. Like, I guess if they can't monetize the sun, they don't want to do it. But... <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, 
I'm, I'm getting off on kind of a tangent here. Like, I'm getting on my little soapbox. But, um, no, yeah, like... I, I, I 100%, like, I just get frustrated because imagine, I mean, imagine where we could be if over the, I mean, just over the course of our lifetime, uh, if, if people had stopped trying to just, like, you know, the, the very problem we're des- describing, if the majority of people didn't fall for that, where would we be right now? Like, oh my god! Like we were supposed to have, we were supposed to be in the age of the Jetsons by now, right? Like, when did the Jetsons take place? Like, actually, no, the Jetsons take place a couple couple decades from now, but still, yeah, you know, like we'd be at least at the beginning of it. You know, like we would be um, testing out flying cars, maybe, or um, you know, figuring out ways to keep the environment clean. Um, actually. As I'm thinking about it, the Jetsons, their little sky rises were above the clouds. Below the clouds were like a big pollution storm. I guess they gave up on it. <laughs> but well, that's know. there's a theory that below the clouds was the the Flintstones, and that they were they were they doing, existed. They were together. mining all the stuff that needed to be made needed for the Jetsons, and that's why they had like cell phones and stuff. That is an amazing theory and i will have to explore that later yeah there's also a crossover movie from when we were like oh I, preteens I and so they can that i think that plays into it like we'll see they existed at the same time because i don't well, think it, time there, travel there was a, in... no there was a time there was a time machine in that movie oh i don't remember yeah i i, I remember the jetsons meet the flintstones it was like my favorite movie when i was like 10 or so like i, I love that movie so much anyways but yeah, like that is an interesting theory. But even then, even in that fictional world, somebody at some point was like, "We need to do something. We need to do something." So I need to figure out a way to do it. Like they explored ways to, you know, raise the uh, raise the buildings above the clouds. They explored ways to keep flying cars in the air. You know, came up with a whole traffic system. Um, I mean, we have we kind of have AI robots right now, but nowhere near as um, sophisticated as Rudy, who was George's uh, little computer assistant at work. Yeah. Um, don't ask me how I remember that. Like it's <laughs> like like my my brain remembers like just the most random details of things. But um, at some point, yeah, like even in that fictional world, somebody had to have the curiosity to wonder how to do the things to make that world happen. Yeah, no, that's that. And I mean, I, I, I don't think we'll ever, we would ever get there, but like to that level, but the idea that we could a, a be not dealing with climate change anymore or, or have it basically handled at least the idea yeah. that we could, you know, I, I mean, my, my imagination is limited as far as technology. So like, I can't think of anything super cool that we don't currently have, but like, I don't know, just, just, it would just be such, it could potentially be so much better. Oh yeah, it definitely could. And you, you, you you just said that your um, imagination is limited for technology. I have this theory and I'm hope, I hope, I hope I'm incorrect, but I'm not being proven to be incorrect currently. But I have this theory that, you know, like maybe 20, 30 years from now, like we just won't have enough people intelligent enough to maintain what we already have. Like our computers are going to start dying out and nobody will know how to fix them because we spent all this time, you know, destroying the education system and nobody's really trying to learn how to keep computers going. Um, Again, I hope I'm wrong. And we're doing okay so far, but like the the as long as college keeps getting more expensive, as long yeah. as um, schools remain underfunded, and also as long as people just aren't, you know, wondering how to make their lives better, right? Um, we're going to eventually just start not being able to keep up with what we have, and idiocracy will be a documentary instead of a farce. Yeah. I, I want to dive into the idea of college for a second because college is something that I think I think a lot about this um, about 
you know, obviously we're, we're of a generation where college is, is, um, uh, in, inhibitively expensive. Uh-huh. And, and we've also, you know, we, we've grown up with the being told college is what you do and that college gets you the better job. And, you know, there's a whole yeah. bunch of things that were taught about college. And then, and that's what, you know, and now we're, where a lot of people are, are starting to see like, oh, college doesn't necessarily get you a better job and college isn't. And we've had a lot of push back, or at least there was five, six years ago, there's a, a ton of push to get people to focus more on the trades again. And mm-hmm. the trades obviously need people. We need to have people doing that. But unfortunately, I think one of the big losses in all of the, you know, in, in the over expense the the heightened expense of college and the utilitarian only purpose of college one of the big casualties of that has been the idea that you know college could be a place where you went you know not you know our parents are of the age where you could go to college and yeah you were going to get an education so you could get a job but you were also like learning culture and learning how to interact as an adult and Maybe you were learning some more basic life skills, you know, like accounting and things like that, that might help you. College was getting us to be more well-rounded people. And that's a hugely important thing that is going to suffer as we, as college becomes prohibitively expensive and simultaneously becomes specifically for the purpose of getting a job. And I know that like, a big thing that people love to like shit on is like, oh, well, I took basket weaving. Everyone always brings up <laughs> basket weaving, which isn't a real course. But like, you know, these ideas of of these courses that are completely useless in life or, or, or whatever, uh, it, it makes sense to us in a in a it's a surface logic kind of thing. But at the same time, there's all kinds of courses that we may not think of as as useful that do make us generally a better person in society, a better mm-hmm. person as far as whether it be conversation or just understanding the world around us. And that is hugely important as we, you know, where we, we hope that all adults will be engaged with our political system, with, you know, the environment, with all these things, we will be voters, we'll be informed we, you know, God forbid we get called for jury duty. We want to be able to understand the basic ideas of, of, you know, the science that's being explained to us. The, you know, even though we're not lawyers or scientists, we need to be able to understand all those things. And, and so we, at some point in that, all of that, we've created this, this thing that is tacked on to higher education which mm-hmm. needs to be everybody like whether if you're a plumber or an electrician or an accountant or or you're a um communicate I did communication so you're in marketing you need to like under you need to be able to engage with the world and right. i think that we have really lost that sense of things and i i can i've had conversations with with people and i'm like i think you know i'll explain i'm like you know even if you just go and you take in like classes that interest you or or basic business you know if anybody who's in a trade could benefit from business classes oh if you're in a trade you're ultimately in a job that most trades as far as i'm aware have a limited time span that you're gonna be able to physically do them whether you're a mechanic or a mason these are all hard jobs in your body and so as you grow older, you need to be able to have the intellect, the education to be able to say, okay, I'm going to be the manager. I'm going to be the business runner. And, and eventually when I'm not ready to retire, I'll hand that job on to the next person and then they can hire the next person. But that, inc- that inc- requires us to have a basic level of knowledge that mm-hmm. you, I don't know about you. I didn't learn that in high school. I didn't learn that oh, in, middle, no. in any, any of my, you know, covered education what uh what do we general education or uh you know the 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 levels that we get covered for free essentially right um, see i can't yeah. even think of that term that's how bad and i Public. have a i have a master's degree and i can't think of that word 
Yeah, like uh, I guess like what, general education, I guess like yeah. public schools. Yeah. 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 Um, it's funny that you brought up the basket weaving thing because I honestly think that trigonometry is even more useless than basket weaving. Like at least with basket weaving, you can like make art out of it. Yeah. With trigonometry, like the best you could do is either become a rocket scientist or a math teacher. Like those are the only two things that I can think of that trigonometry um, would even serve. And you know what? There might be something else. Maybe I should look it up. Maybe I should be curious about it. Maybe. But I, I it's funny that you bring up trigonometry because my sister and I had a conversation in the last year where, because, you know, we went to Catholic school. So there's certain, we have certain gaps in our educational, um, what we got educated on. And, yeah. and, I, trigonometry i i didn't have to take it and i don't think she had to take it and there were kids in our school who took it i just think we didn't end up in those classes and i was saying to her you know i'm i'm 38 at the time i was probably 37 and i was like if i'm being honest with you i don't know what trigonometry is and she goes <laughs> and she goes i don't either i'm assuming it has to do with triangles because it's got tri-. and we didn't neither of us knew what it was and we were like you know and she's she's a nurse practitioner. She's, she's doing really well educationally and she's in a, like a, uh, a field that, you know, she, she has a lot of high life skills and ability to, to, to make a lot of money and all the things that we want. And she didn't know it either. So I didn't feel that bad, but, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it is funny that we have, you know, I don't think anybody would, would hear, Oh, you took trigonometry and think, well, that's a waste of time. And then, you know, basket weaving, potentially if you make baskets you have a product you can sell like, exactly you, yeah. you throw it on etsy and you know like make some money like i don't see anybody throwing trigonometry on etsy just right just saying but um i want to ask gonna... you sorry you go ahead oh, I, oh yeah what i was going to say was that um there is this whole um like people look at college and think oh elite you know, their, their elitism, like they're, they're, they're elitists. And this is why like, um, and you know, the trades are shat upon because, you know, like, Oh, why would you want to be a plumber when you could be a CEO? And I'm like, well, going to college doesn't guarantee that you'll be a CEO. Like, and like you said before, like there's this whole expectation of you finish high school, you go to college, you get a good job and, you know, go about your life. But, the way that they created things now, like it doesn't work that way. And, you know, a lot of people suffer for it. And going back to what I was saying earlier about the people who never leave their hometown and think that that's what America is, you know, like they think, you know, you go off to college and you become some, you know, like liberal, whatever. And like, it's because you expose yourself to different things, you know, you expose yourself to different people different cultures, different ways of thinking. And yeah, like it happens, you know, you just, you end up wanting to actually care about people. And, um, you know, like, I think that ultimately what, you know, like the intellectual curiosity ends up doing, like it just helps society as a whole because we learn to actually care about each other and, you know, like grow from that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I, I want. I wanted to also, as we're talking about the college aspect and the and that side of things. So you know, I know that you you had you did some college, but I but more oh. importantly, you were in the military. And from, I mean, I I base this largely on you because I don't know that many people that were of our generation that are in the military or were in the military. Um, uh-huh. But I think that the military depending on how your what your experience is can take some of that place like i think people come out of the military with more common sense or people come out of college with more common sense i'm than... trying not to laugh out loud like people coming out of the military common sense okay <laughs> well like i said i'm basing that on you <laughs> okay. i mean the the few people that i can think of i i think that i personally think that uh it's, it's, I, and and maybe I'm wrong, but I know that like during, during the uh, 
2016 election, they were talking about, uh, or maybe it was 2020. I forget which one. Bernie Sanders, for example, was the number one. Uh, he was the number one candidate receiving donations from military, active duty military people. And yeah. when they were talking about why, it was because these people have gone out in the world and seen how the world is outside of the United States. And so they're not like sheltered the same way. So his ideas don't seem that radical if you've been stationed in Germany or, right. you know, like the, because, you know, there's, there's a decent amount from what I understand of people that are in Germany even to this day. And so they're seeing that side of things. And so they've just experienced more of the world. And so we think of, you know, I know there's a ton of, of right wing in the military, but we think, but the, the military is much more well-rounded from what I understand than mm -hmm. if you just took a bunch of, uh, of people who've, like you said, never left their hometown, probably never gone to college kind of people. They're going to be pretty pigeonholed into whatever the exact people around them are, um, which isn't, you know, that's not always going to be conservative. Sometimes, that, you know, if, if you're a Massachusetts person, that's going to be a liberal, you're going to be a liberal and you won't have learned anything else either. And I, and sure. so that, I think that, and, and like I said, it really depends on your, your experience in the military. Cause I know, you know, some, you, some people go, you know, right to Afghanistan or went right to I, Iraq um, and, and other people get to, you know, get to go to Germany or somewhere else and, and, and just see the world a bit differently. And, and also I'm sure a branch of military differs. Yeah. I'm sure the Navy does. is probably getting a lot more culture than army or Marines might be like directly in conflict and stuff, but you know, Oh, sorry, the, this was a long way, winded way of, of asking the question of what, what do you think you're, as somebody who is a veteran, what, what is your perspective on that? Well, here's my perspective. When I was, when I joined the Army, I joined the Army National Guard. My intention was to help out with natural disasters like hurricanes, earthquakes, fires, um, big snowstorms, like that was what I signed up for. That was in April of 2000. I went to basic training in November of 2000. And then I got back in 2001. And guess what happened? A bunch of people flew into the Twin Towers. And now suddenly we're at war with, you know. I mean, we were already at war with a bunch of people. But, um, yeah, like, having gone over to Iraq... I um like a lot of a lot of the people I went with they were very gung ho about the whole idea of I'm a big man with a big gun and I was never like that <laughs> and I always looked at them like um we we're supposed to be like you know like helping these people like win hearts and minds that's what George Bush said right you know win hearts and minds and, you know, like a lot of the civilians, uh, the Iraqi civilians over there that I met, they were the nicest people. Um, they, you know, like loved us. Well, for the most part, they loved us. They thought we were, you know, they thought we were funny. And even though they didn't understand a lot of what we were saying, but, you know, they thought we were nice. They thought we were there to help. And I, I genuinely wanted to help them, you know, like whatever was going on, like I wanted to help them. Right. But, um, but yeah, like a lot of the guys I went with were like looking for the whole action thing, thinking they were Rambo, thinking they were, you know, like, um, I never saw Predator, whoever Arnold Schwarzenegger played in Predator. Um, you know, they went over thinking they would be that guy. And a lot of them came back disappointed that they never got to, you know, like engage in a battle. And me, I'm thinking like, how how about we actually you know get to know these people you know like they're nice people one guy um offered me a goose once i'll have to tell you that story later but um you know it was a it, it was an interesting experience like learning how these people live and how they operate and how they saw us like a lot of them like i would imagine if some other country came to ours and decided that they wanted to occupy and tell us how to run our government and everything, our country would kind of rise up and be kind of angry about it. But 
you know, like, let's go over to another country and do the same thing, and we're the heroes. Like, let's not, let's not kid ourselves about that, please. But, um, yeah, like, me, I, I looked at, I looked at my deployment as a way to learn about the way that, you know, the world is outside of America. Because, like, here in America, like, I've lived in so many different states. Well, not so many, but I lived in Michigan, I've lived in Kentucky, I've lived in Massachusetts. I've visited Missouri, um, visited California. You know, like, I've been to a bunch of different states, but, like, nothing in America is like what it is over there. And coming back with that perspective, like, makes a lot of what happens here seem very um, petty, I guess. And, uh, and, kind of evil like if we're like i'm looking at it like from a comic book perspective like we were raised to know who the good guys and the bad guys were and then you know like we call out the bad guys and we're you know socialist liberal whatever (laughs) it's like no but they're very clearly evil people and uh why aren't we doing anything about it right well unfortunately i think with like with nuance you know, like nuance is going to be another one of those things that suffers as we, you know, I think it, it's all comes from, stems from the same thing. Like the fact that I know what I need to know. I don't need to know anything. I don't know. Uh-huh. Is that same lack of nuance that kind of like creates the black and white evil, good and evil like thing. And, and that just doesn't apply to, nearly as much of life as we think it does and and i think like i said it stems from that same thing and and yeah you know we we have this mentality of you know it it is what it is the way things are is the way they've always been and the way they always should be and it's it you know it frustrates me to no end the idea that like we just accept things because of that. And so like when, you know, I'm, I'm aware Sarah would probably not agree with this, but I'm aware that I'm not always right, but I'm also aware that I'll never know everything. And, (laughs) and I don't need, I don't, I mean, I feel a curiosity. I like learning things, but it doesn't certain things, not knowing certain things does frustrate me, but you know, there's lots of things that, like I, I personally don't know how many miles are to the sun and I don't really give a crap if I ever find out, but then <laughs> I do find it interesting. Like, you know, like learning stuff. Uh, and, and sometimes it is like, you know, before I met you, I knew, you know, I have an uncle that was in the Navy when, before I was born um, before it. So like, I didn't know anybody else really that had military experience before I met you other than him. And then, you know, you've told me little things here and there. And so I've learned so much about the, the military, as much as I know about the military, I would say like 75% of what I know is from you. And, and so like, it's interesting to me. And like, I've had conversations where, where I, you know, I've talked to people who have a really bad idea of the military, for example, but because I've learned about it from you, I have, you know, I've been able to say like, you know, obviously it's got its problems like anything else. That's the other nice thing about knowledge is just saying like, I can acknowledge that this has its problems, but mm-hmm. it's, you know, because I know more about it. I also understand that there are potential good things to come out of it and, and you know, and I think that knowing, I almost quoted Cap, Captain Planet. Um, or maybe, no, G.I. Joe. I was going to say, like, yeah, it would be G.I. Joe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, the idea of just kind of understanding things and being able to, like, see, oh, you know what, like, there is a purpose for this. And uh-huh. and that that is a big part of this curiosity thing for me is just saying like, Oh, okay. Like I did not know that. And I learned, you know, I, I, one, one thing I really like to do is if I watch historical fiction or anything like that, I, I Google the whole time I'm on, I'm Googling the time I'm watching something. If it's in a movie theater, I won't do that. I'll do it afterwards. But like, if I'm watching something on TV, 
I'm like, oh, is this based on, you know, is this a real person? Is this really what happened? You know, and learning the nuance. And I've probably learned more about history from doing that than I did in history classes. And, you know, <laughs> and I think engaging is a way better way of learning than, oh, than definitely. being lectured. Yeah, like exposure to like exposure to the thing is definitely better than being told about the thing. Right. Like, um, <laughs> I have this story about my, my daughter when she was two. Um, she came to me, like I was sitting on the floor in the living room and she came to me, um, with her eyes closed and said, uh, she said, Hey dad, look at me. And I looked at her uh, and she like started running around with her eyes closed. And, I had I debated, like, should I tell her to open her eyes, or should I let her learn this lesson on her own? And sure enough, she ran straight into a filing cabinet, fell down, you know, like, hurt herself, started crying, and I was like, see, that's a better teacher. Yeah. Like, I helped her up, you know, like I, I helped her, you know, like get dress her wounds and everything, you know, put some ice on it, but. She would not have. I feel like she wouldn't have learned that lesson as effectively if I just told her, "Open your eyes." Right. <laughs> like, like sometimes you got to let the experience be the teacher. And um, that's a lot. That's one thing that a lot of people don't understand. Like, I can be told every single thing about every single thing, but I will forget half of it. <laughs> like, actually, no, I'll forget probably ninety-eight percent of it. And, um, but if I go out and experience these things, like, like, well, like the military, that's a perfect example. Like if I am told, you know, like the army is X, Y, and Z, you know, the army is a bunch of soldiers who go out and kill people, or the army is a bunch of soldiers who go out and help civilians or whatever, or they get deployed to, you know, guard the white house or whatever, like. You could tell me all that stuff, and I'm like, okay, that's cool, and then I would go about my business. But now that I've lived that life, you know, like I know exactly what soldiers do. They sit around and scratch their butts all the time, <laughs> and um, you know, like I, I, I understand the mentality of the soldier now, and it gives me more insight into, like, whenever I see a war movie, I look at it and I'm like, that's not accurate. Nope, nope, that's not how they're supposed to dress. That's not how they're supposed to act. That's not what they're supposed to do. Like, who directed this movie? Who, like, who's the consultant on the uh, on the way that Army does stuff? But, um, you know, like, without the experience that I had, I would probably enjoy the movie better because I wouldn't be thinking about that stuff. True. <laughs> but still. But still. Um, I, I, you know what? Coming back to what I said before, ignorance is bliss. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a balancing act, I think. Yeah. Because I don't want to give up yeah, sausage. Um, yeah, you shouldn't have to give up sausage. because, And I shouldn't have to give up ham. I'm still rep repressing that memory, by the way. I think... Um, sorry, I just I just had this like moment uh, where I, wanted, I just wanted to say this thing. Uh, so, just the way I said that was not on purpose, but I, I think that that makes the perfect <laughs> quote for like a podcast t-shirt that I might... Maybe I'll make that and it'll just be like... The talking about the big stuff podcast. I don't want to give up sausage. <laughs> oh, yeah. You should totally put that on a t-shirt. That would be amazing. It'll, it'll help promote promote the, the podcast. I People will be like, why does this podcast talk like, about... I'll draw the sausage for you. Nice. Like I'll, like, I'll design it. Just say the word and I'm there. Awesome. That sounds good. <laughs> you heard it here, guys. That's the first piece of merch that we're going to have is, is our talk... <laughs> Is our uh, I don't want to give up sausage uh, t shirts. <laughs> t shirts. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, we should totally do that. All right. I think that it's probably a good time for us to to get to our final question of the of the episode. Um, so as as you know, I ask all my guests the same question. Um, and and that question is, what is the joke or impression making fun of you in, that you have enjoyed the most in your life? That I've enjoyed the most in my life, I think, let's see. I mean, it's 
not necessarily a joke, but people make fun of me because I have this kind of obsession with Power Rangers. Um, like, the original Power Rangers. Like, anything that came after... Um, Anything that came after 1996 is crap, but the original Power Rangers was, like, my thing. I have toys. I have um, my guilty pleasure movie is the 1995 Power Rangers movie. I love it. Uh, people make fun of me about that because, obviously, Power Rangers is insane. But, <laughs> you know what? I, I enjoy Power Rangers. You know, like, get over it. Yeah. And, I always love the fact that people make fun of me for it because, you know, like it's something that I enjoy and I like, because I find genuine joy in it. Um, I actually kind of pity those who make fun of me for it. Cause it's like, ah, you like power Rangers. And I'm like, ah, you like nothing. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like you're a nihilist. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. Power Rangers is my thing. And uh like knowing that I have a thing to enjoy, you know, kind of keeps me going. You know, like it keeps me um, motivated to continue in this life. I mean, I have, you know, f uh, family, friends, uh, loved ones that I, um, you know, that I also enjoy. You know, I enjoy your company, obviously. Yes. But um, I enjoy yours. Thank you. Um, but as far as just plain childhood or childlike wonder and you know joy power rangers is the thing that i like and i welcome anyone to make fun of me about it please let's go nice great well that that is uh that was a really i think a great conversation i appreciate you coming on the show yeah and i appreciate you asking me it's it was a pleasure it's fun thanks and do you have anything that you want to promote i'm assuming no but i could be wrong um no i'm not selling anything i'm not i'm just me and i just i want to promote peace and happiness if that's cool yeah absolutely okay cool let's yeah. do that yeah um and you know for for all the listeners i i just hope that that you can subscribe if you like the show and you know give us a good review if you like it um you can email me at talking about the big stuff at gmail.com if you have any comments or questions or if you want to suggest a topic uh you know i'm always looking for new topics um and also guests depending on you know who who is emailing so yeah reach out and, and we'll, we'll be we're happy to engage and i will talk to everybody next week <laughs>